This week, first takes us to Salina, where a mother's grief manifests itself into something otherworldly. Then we move east into Wells, where a town is plagued by a religion that may be more than meets the eye. Welcome to episode 39 of Texas 1031. play on a Ouija board again soon not here though because I I'm never gonna I, I mean I have one and I won't Brennan thinks this place is haunted and he told me terrible things when I was gone this past week he was like so this this thing happened Wait, talking to this... the microphone we might oh. I might want to use this well he he said because he doesn't sleep with a fan on when I'm gone why I don't know I like to have the ant like the noise yes because uh, for this you reason he said else. he would hear a lot of weird shit and there was actually one morning that he was like I'm done hearing weird noises. I'm going to turn the fan on. And then he heard Gaio's collar was off mm-hmm. and on the table. And they were in the bedroom. And he heard Gaio's collar shake around. Shut the fuck and up. And Gaio was next to him. And I was like, well, god damn it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Like a full-on shake? That's what he said. Maybe the, the tags fell off. Like It was on like a ridge and it like shifted. That's, That's totally what I'm hoping. Happened. Yeah. Or it was Satan. Right. This is Cassie and Hannah. This is Texas 1031, and this is a true crime podcast. Texas true crime podcast. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, as you should know by now, we cover lesser known murder cases that have occurred in Texas. And I'm first this episode, but before we start, is there anything that you want to talk about? Mm, I want to recommend The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's the best show I've ever seen. It's fantastic. <laughs> you should watch it. And it's legitimately scary, not in that um, hokey. Right. Exactly. Like, it chills you to the bone. And if you go back, there's, like, I get to go back now since I just finished it, but there are hidden things, apparently, in each scene. Oh, those are fun. Mm-hmm. Like, so, objects or? Like, I'm not going to say because okay, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, especially you, because I think you'll like it. I'm sure but I will. Do you have any recommendations? I think that's all I have. I can't no, remember what I wanted to I talk don't. about. I don't. I do have one thing that's not a recommendation, but it is, uh, we, got, uh, we got a fan email, you guys. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It was really nice. And there's a Q&A. And so I thought I would read it and give this girl a shout out and answer her questions. That's so cute. I love her. Yeah. Fast forward if you don't care. (laughs) So this is, uh, or it opens, hey guys, just wanted to say I love the podcast. I'm all caught up with the episodes and wanted to write in and say hello. I love the cases you both choose and how you are able to still throw in some humor into the stories. You both seem really fun in real life. I'm a freshman at Texas Tech, and I and am still trying to learn how to meet new people and make friends at such a big university. But in the meantime, I listen to podcasts as friend substitutions. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to say is, as a fan, I'd love to know more about you all, in parentheses, not in a creepy way. Um, a lot of the two-person hosted podcasts I'm subscribed to seem to indulge on their personal lives much more than both of you have. So if it's okay, I'd like to ask some questions. 
I've had to participate in obnoxious and cliche icebreaker games with the girls in my dorm and in some of my study groups. So maybe they're brainwashing me to pass down or pass on the tradition. Who knows? Oh, I love her. Uh, she said, if there was an Iron Maiden Satan sorority on campus, I'd totally pledge. Yes. Oh, my gosh. She really is. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks for keeping me company during my breaks in between classes and on the treadmill while I attempt to avoid the freshman 15. (laughs) P.S. I have two professors with forensic files names, which I'll leave out of the email, but I still thought you'd appreciate the fact that they exist. (laughs) Uh, That's from Claire. So thanks, Claire. Oh, we love you, Claire. Um, So question one, what are the podcasts in your library currently? Ooh, that's a good one. I'll read the ones that I actually listen to because there are like 30 that I've downloaded. Like, listen, listen, listen. Um, okay, so this is Cassie talking. You know that, Claire. Mm-hmm. You've been listening. So There's like some individual personal questions, but these are just the general ones. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So Abe Lincoln's talk, Top Hat, Anna Ferris is Unqualified, Armchair Expert. Um, let's see. I'm just going to pass the ones I don't really listen to. Cause they're Dr. Death, which I've finished, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's Not Meet, Last Podcast on the Left, My Favorite Murder, Never Seen It. Pod Save America, Serial, Slow Burn, Straight Up with Stassi, <laughs> Swindled, um, our podcast, of course, Generation Y, The Wilderness, True Crime Garage, and Your Mom's House. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, I got have so many, many of mine from you. I don't have too many, so they're probably going to be a lot of the same. But these are the ones that like, I regularly listen to every week. There are other ones that I'll listen to every week or, or every other week is what I meant or just like here and there um but I listen to and that's why we drink beer blood in the bayou cold case files creepy ghosts in the burbs let's not meet uh murder city my favorite murder real crime profile small town murder swindled generation y and true crime garage so those are the ones that I listen to. yeah yeah I don't I used to listen to some comedic ones and now they kind of all fell to the wayside. Yeah. So. There are a couple of like the Anna Ferris and Dak Shepard ones I'll listen to on my long road trips for work. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm just re listening to old episodes of the same like three shows. Yeah. So I feel yeah. Indeed. All right. Her second question is what is your favorite beer slash type of beer? Mm. I'm assuming she's meaning style of beer. Um, but yeah, beer or style. Oh, I hate that question because they're so it's ever changing. My really, yeah. Oh, okay, I'd say my favorite beer, hands down across the board, is the. It sounds like it's going to be fake, but it's the Rar and Sons Paleta de Mango. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I figured you would say an IPA. You're such an IPA person for, or at least when I've known you for the I've longest time. Yeah. yeah, now I can drink one IPA every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I I'm more into the stouts and the sours and stuff. But I'd say my favorite style is sours yeah. for sure what about you same yep out of sours i would say someone asked me they were like what when did you have your first sour like what turned you on to sours and i remember it was the uh this is not my favorite sour <laughs> by the way uh what was it texian's uh charlie, charlie fox charlie chalk trot yes <laughs> so i thought it was so yes. good i was like what the fuck i've never had anything that tasted like this ever in my life and that's when i fell in love even though it's not like the best sour no. By far, but... um, That's so. so funny that Charlie Foxtrot got you into it, because mm-hmm. I always tell people when they'll, like, talk to me about different styles, they're like, I haven't gotten into sours yet, and I'm like, yeah. 
I it took me a long time, and the first one I tried was Charlie Foxtrot. I'll never remember, or I'll never forget, because yeah. I fucking hated it so much. And everything so from Texian is terrible. No <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't I don't know seen if they anything anymore. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I haven't seen that around. I think in, like, they shut down. Minute. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder why. Um. So she put question three in parentheses. If read before Halloween, um, what are you going as for Halloween this year, mm. or what are you gonna dress up as? Basically, is what I'm trying to say. I. I'm not really going as anything, so I'm not doing anything for mm-hmm. Halloween this year. Okay. I was, Brendan and I were maybe going to go to one of his coworkers' parties on Saturday, but we decided not to. Yeah, that's was, true. Everyone celebrated over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, and I was tired. So we, uh, <laughs> I was just going to have, I have a beer bottle costume, and mm-hmm. my head goes through the top of, like, the neck of the bottle. So that was going to be it. And I think Brennan's mom is helping me make an Arwen costume yeah, 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 for Red Fair. Yeah, so, I guess those two are my answers. Okay, cool. What um, is- I am. I'm gonna go. I'm not invited anywhere, but I'm still gonna go out on Wednesday. <laughs> um, but I am making the uh, costume for the nurse from Silent Hill, like the group of nurses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I found a mask, but I'm gonna do all the body makeup and I made the dress and That's all that awesome. stuff. So it should be pretty scary. Ooh, I can't wait to see pictures. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so if you see a nurse walking in Houston, that's going to be Just me. Just might be Hannah. <laughs> um, so question four, what is your favorite scary movie? Mm. And she's on a Halloween theme, which I saw the new Halloween, by the way. It was great. Did you? Mm-hmm. I still, I want to see the original again and we can't find it anywhere. So oh. yeah, I'd say my favorite scary movie is probably the devil's rejects. Mm-hmm. That's just one I can go. I can yeah. walk. I can watch all the time. Yeah. Because Donnie Darko doesn't count. So. Yeah, that's not really, like, scary. That's, like, no. just weird. Yeah. But, yeah. What's yours? Uh, mine's High Tension. It's uh, a French movie. I've, I've loved it forever. S- I, I think I saw it the other day on one of the things, so I mm-hmm. should watch it. Okay. It's so good. You can do the, like, dubbed subtitle type stuff, and it's, like, very realistic. It's not, like, and a lo- the movie doesn't really have too much dialogue, so it doesn't even matter. But yeah. it's, I don't know, I watched that movie. It's the same guys that did The Hills Have Eyes and stuff like oh, that. Man. So, uh, I don't know, it was just perfect amount of gore and a good twist at the end so check it out i love gory stuff theme uh question number five what sign are you i'm an aries and i don't really pay attention to that stuff but everything i've read about aries is like pretty spot on so okay that's funny i'm a pisces (laughs) and i don't feel like any of it is spot on with me really yeah (laughs) first and foremost because this it's a water sign and i literally can't stand water Mm. i have like a major water phobia so i think Everyone's like, oh, well, it doesn't have to be directly like water, water, water. But I'm like, well, then what else is it then? But okay. I wonder if you were born in like an overlapping, you know how you can no, be across? It, because it starts on like like the 19th of February and my birthday's the 26th. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like way kind far of out. like right at the beginning, middle. I don't know. It's hmm. not like anything crazy, but I'm a Pisces, whatever. <laughs> um, so number six, this is for Cassie. Mm. And if you don't want to answer this, I guess you don't have to. I can cut it out. List all of the drugs you've done or tell a funny story pertaining to them. <laughs> I don't know. I'll do it because that's so funny. Okay. Oh, my God. I love her so much, Claire. Because, like, if you binge all the episodes, there's actually so many that I've realized. There's so many things that we've repeated that we don't realize that we do ha- or have repeated. You know, I'll go back and listen to an old episode. I'm like, I just brought that up in, like, a new episode about Scott Peterson or, or some bullshit. And it's like, no, I already, I already said something. So if you're binging everything. You're going to hear Cassie be like, yeah, I've done the drugs. I've done all the drugs. Yep. This one time I did drugs. Yep. <laughs> so yep. I think she's probably uh, gathering it from that. Oh, I hate myself now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> so um, let's see. Jesus. Pot, cocaine, uh, Xanax. 
We're not endorsing this, by the way. No, not at all. These just I I don't have, I don't do drugs anymore. I don't even smoke pot, and, and I live on my own. So yeah, this was this Wait, was uh, to, oh when you were living with your family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, this is nineteen better. to twenty three ish mm-hmm. year old Cassie. So yeah, pot, Xanax, cocaine, um, Molly, um, acid, acid, mushrooms. Oh God, salvia. I think I did. I, I've done tabs before, and I'm pretty sure I did tabs laced with meth. That was terrible. Nice. Yeah, that don't do drugs, kids. Mm-hmm. This is why. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be it. I've do never you- done intravenous. It's mostly like psychedelics right, right, right. and like normal party drugs that I've done. Do you have a funny story, like a quick one that you want to, like the worst thing you've ever hallucinated or something like that? You want to add that Ooh, in? Oh, I have a great funny story. One time. On my birthday, it was my 22nd birthday because I was running around singing Feeling 22. Oh, Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. Nice, nice, nice. A couple of friends and I went to this sleazy club in downtown Houston. I don't even know if it's still open anymore. Probably not. This yeah. thing's like turn and burn like so fast. Yeah, but it was one of those that kind of like turn the other eye mm. with drugs and like drinking after two. And I had a friend that worked there and she had a sleazy slew of bosses. And so they fed me a bunch of cocaine and a bunch of Molly. And when I do stuff like that, I will bite my lip a little oh, bit. Oh, I remember So I was this. biting my upper and lower <laughs> lips so much. And at one point, <laughs> someone was like, are you having an allergic reaction to something? I was like, I don't know. Because my bottom lip, lip had started puffing up. Mm-hmm. And no one could figure out what it was. And I was like, I'm just going to keep partying. And by the end of the night, my lips were so fucking huge. I could see them in my peripheral vision. It took three days for them that, to it was bad. swell down. Yeah. It was, th- and I was dancing like in front. Who cares? Like, oh, the embarrassment. But my dad, at that night, someone stole my phone. And so my dad came to my apartment trying to find out if I was alive. And he said it looked like someone had beat me up. And I was like, no, I fell down the stairs. And <laughs> oh, so if my dad's listening, because my parents listen now. Ah. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Yeah. What? Yeah, that was definitely because I did a bunch Sorry, of Mom. drugs. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, I'll never live that one I remember down. going to work the next day and everyone was like, yeah, Cassie can't come in because her, something happened, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And no one would say what it was. <laughs> and once we all found out, we were like, she's lying. She's just hung over. And then, then we saw the pictures. And we we're like, oh, fuck. I had to send a picture to my boss, yeah. who was one of my closest friends. He was like, fuck you. I know yeah. it was your birthday. You're coming in. And I was like, I literally can't no. come in. And so since I didn't have my phone, I sent that picture on my friend Scott's phone. And Scott still has that picture. And oh, he'll good. still show people. Oh, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I rambled too long with that. No, that's funny. <laughs> um, my next, My question is... Not as interesting as yours. Sorry, Claire. But it's, Hannah, what's your favorite book? God. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just do drugs, Hannah. It's fine. I, am. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like I've read that much to say I have a favorite one mm. at this point. I don't read a lot of, like, I read some, like, novels. Um, but I really like more, like, true stories. So it's kind yeah. of that I don't get into all the, like, New York Times bestseller stuff because they're either, either like, celebrity, self-help story, memoir crap, <laughs> or, you know, a fictional thing. So I have a bunch of, like, psychology books that I find really interesting that are uh, written from, like, the 40s to the 60s, and I always mm. really enjoy those. Yeah. But I don't really have a favorite book. I have a favorite type of book, I guess. Favorite genre. But, yeah. yeah. But otherwise, I don't know. Sorry. 
That's a better answer than I could give. Yeah. I would say the same thing. Like, I like books about the Black Plague, but yeah. I never read all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Black Plague. That's <laughs> random. Uh, so question number eight. Cassie, how did you get into selling beer? I started working at a craft beer restaurant called Mellow Mushroom. And I started as a host and then I moved into oh, server. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is weird. Um, and then... I was I was pretty good at serving, and so they were like, we want to promote you into bartending, but you have to learn more about beer. And so that's when I started studying it and then trying it, and then all of a sudden I figured out I really loved it. And beer uh, reps would come in, and they would do events, and I would look at what they did and what they got to talk about all day, and I was like, that's what I want to do. That's like my dream job. And then my manager put me up <laughs> for a position when Raw and Sons was hiring, mm-hmm. so no experience. I just kind of stumbled into it. and. It's fucking awesome. So I just developed a, a palette for beer and decided I wanted to talk about it forever. <laughs> beer is great. It kind of takes a little of the joy away, though. So I drink more yeah. wine than beer now. I had someone, they were like, oh, yeah, you know who I really like that, like, no one really knows about or, like, didn't? They're like, yeah, 11 below. And I was like, first of all, I was like, I remember you and I working at Mellow Motion before 11 below had even opened. It was yeah. just, like, a fucking concept. Uh-huh. Like, we know these people. It's just funny to me. It was like, like oh, sure. you, but, oh, you do? Wow. Did you discover them? Not that we're them? cool for, right. like, whatever, but, like, it's just funny. Like, have you heard? I'm like, yeah, I have. Yes. <laughs> we all know. Um, and my next question, is that all you had to say about that? Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, for Hannah, who is someone you look up to in the true crime community or podcast world? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I had to think about this one for a second, and I still don't know if I have a total answer, but the first person I thought of, um, Jim Clementi, he's a host of Real Crime Profile, but he mm. really inspired me to kind of research more and like certain books that he recommended and like really get in. I really appreciate his perspective. He does a lot of FBI stuff with like child sex crimes. He was a victim himself as a child he was a prosecutor in new york and he's a big old special agent fbi stuff well he's retired now but he's incredibly intelligent and i think that everything he says is like pure gold so if anyone i looked up to would be him i would love for someone to pay for me to go to crime con so i could meet him (laughs) um but anyway yeah jim clementi that's all that's awesome. Um, and then the last one is if you weren't hosting a podcast about murder what would the topic be advice like you would seek advice or you would give advice advice (laughs) okay i like doing that yeah Yeah. about what anything anything yeah i mean i don't want to sound rude but like do you like qualification wise like what and like what in what like sense of the like advice on cooking or advice on like childbirth like Like, i want to know like relationship but like i wanted to know like i guess like what do you want to give advice on interpersonal relationships like how to handle a stupid guy or how to handle like self-love and shit like that i like that okay i was like wait a minute i don't understand (laughs) that sounded so mean and i'm still no 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 shut the fuck up no no um if i weren't hosting a podcast i wouldn't be hosting a podcast yeah. Like, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> so, yeah. No. Um, yeah, that's all. Thanks, Yay! Claire. That's, Thank you, Claire. Yeah. Okay. So, before we get into the episode, we wanted to kind of mention our friend that we both worked with. Yeah. Uh, Natalie or Pinky, however you want to reference her. I could never <laughs> call her Pinky, so it's just Natalie to me. Uh, Cassie has all the info on that. 
Yeah, she just started. Uh, she's always been into geology and rocks and, you know, beautiful earth <laughs> stones and stuff. So always in her pockets every day. Every day. I see my new rock. Yep. She was so cute about it. So she finally started a company mm-hmm. where she gets to work with these stones. Um, so reading off of her Instagram, um, it's natural hand cut stone representing planet Earth and it's natural natural eye for design. Um and then she offers free shipping and a free stone keychain with every $60 spent. So basically, um, you go to her website, keepyourcoal.com. We'll put it on the Instagram. We'll put it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Keepyourcoal.com. Um, and it's a really well done website. Somehow, like I, I told her that some up and coming companies, like they'll have shitty websites to mm-hmm. start off with. So you're kind of like, I don't even want to deal with this. Yeah. So hers is done really well. Um, so she sells pocket stones, pendants, um, minerals, and then home and office. So it's just like big stone slabs on wrought iron, you know, to mm-hmm. display stuff like that. So I'll be getting like paperweights or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah desks, mm-hmm. ornaments, stuff like that. Um, I ordered a pendant for myself. I got the fireworks obsidian and she sent a really Pretty, yes. What did we decide it was? It's we don't know how to pronounce it. Blue lace, a gate, a got, a yeah. gate, a, 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 a I gate. Don't know. <laughs> but she she sent she us a couple us some necklaces. Rings yes, and necklaces. yeah. This so. isn't like a weird thing. This is our friend. We actually yep. know her. She's great. Yep. We actually love and know her, and yes. we would love if you would support her uh, her website. Everything is hand cut, like we said. It's one of a kind. Like I bought the fire. The fireworks obsidian necklace I bought is now sold out on the website. So oh, wow. I got a one of a kind piece. Um, you can pick the different chains you want it on, different chain links, and it's really it. I'm I wear it every day now, so really well done. But um, since she oh, that's what you were wearing. That's what I was wearing. Okay. Yeah. So if any of you guys follow my personal Instagram page, I posted literally two selfies in a row. With this so necklace cute. on. Oh, we it's went so voting pretty. and I saw it. Yes. yes. Another shameless plug. Go vote. <laughs> um, so again, the website is Keep Your Coal. And that's also her Instagram if you want to look at the Instagram feed. Um, and for your first order, and again, she just like came up with this code because I told her that I would mention the shit on the podcast. So she's super sweet. She wants to give you guys a discount. Um, Death by Stone 15. Death by Stone 15 will get you 15% off your first order. Um, so definitely, I'm going to be getting, I'm not going to say who, because they might be listening, but I'll be <laughs> buying some of these things for Christmas gifts yeah, for people. Definitely. Like, Yeah, awesome. So keep your coal, Death by Stone 15. Go check it out. Please support local artists. She lives in San Marcos, so she's oh. Texas. Yes. I thought she had moved to Colorado. She did, and, uh, and then she came back. Okay. So I, I thought so, too, but... Even still, whatever. Yeah, it ships from San Marcos. Nice. <laughs> Yay, so that's it, and, and we can get to terrible things now. Yes, and just a final note, like, it's not just a weird... Not that Etsy's weird. I buy stuff on Etsy too often, but this isn't just some, like, hokey thing. Like, she, we've known her for a long time, and we've always known that this is her passion and what she's into that she went to school for. Mm-hmm. Like, she took, like, a, what, eight-month vacation to the fucking Grand Canyon with her girlfriend yeah. and just, like, nerded out on rocks. So yeah. this is, uh, yeah, 
this is really cool actually to see this happening for her yeah that's really great happy for you natalie yes oh and she does have uh listed like the the benefit from that stone um on the website so i think the one i bought was like wellness healing benefit exactly like kind of horticulture holistic (laughs) holistic yes horticulture yeah same thing (laughs) so yeah lots of cool stuff please go check it out and definitely even if you're not gonna buy anything just share it with your friends Mm -hmm. this shit's gonna make great christmas presents is she single right now i'm not sure okay well and ladies she might be single she might be (laughs) uh okay yeah terrible things you're right let's do it um so this is our halloween episode our second annual yeah (laughs) um and i decided to cover a case that has a bit of a spooky or paranormal factor Mm. to uh kind of stay on theme cassie mentioned that in our intro if you caught it um yeah so i'll just go ahead and get started so picture it salina texas in 1983 travis and olivia mabel would keep jumping on the bone that's he's good (laughs) gaio not a zombie i just felt so bad i know puppy Uh, So 1983, sorry, Travis and Olivia Mabel would relocate to Texas shortly after the birth of their son, Aiden. Um, So sidebar-ish, for years I rode uh, equestrian. I I rode horses, not Western, but English. There's a difference. Thank you so much. Uh, In the town right next to Salina, which is called Prosper. So Mm. I am slash was pretty familiar with the area, and it's definitely country okay which i'll elaborate on in a minute i need to stop my hat is hitting this um yeah it's country so the mabel family would live on a 13 acre property called the footlight hills ranch um travis and olivia had plans of continuing to grow their family really establish themselves in the city of salina and enjoy their new beautiful home and all the acreage that it had to offer um however These aspirations would be indefinitely put on hold when on March 13th, 1990, a now seven-year-old Aiden decided to go and play outside as he usually did, but this time, unfortunately, he wouldn't make it home alive. Mm. Very reminiscent of uh, April Loveless. Mm -hmm. That's what I kind of immediately thought of. The little girl went out on her ranch, got attacked by dogs, all that stuff. Maybe it's just me. Uh, anyways, Travis and Olivia go searching on the property after Aiden hadn't returned home around dinner time, as he was always instructed to do so. Uh, as they began to search, they would approach a small pond located nearby and unfortunately find Aiden dead, floating face down, having drowned. The death of their son would be devastating for both Travis and Olivia, mm-hmm. obviously individually as parents, but his death also put a serious strain on their marriage. The couple blamed themselves and each other for what happened to Aiden and the guilt and arguing and sadness eventually ended their relationship. That sucks. Yes. Jesus Christ. My hair is filthy. I can't take this hat off. It's not happening. (laughs) Uh, All right. So Olivia and Travis would finally divorce a year later in 1991. And this is also when it was noticed that Olivia would begin to kind of uh, recoil from society a bit she lost contact with her friends she wasn't working any longer uh, and she quit attending church she would stay inside uh, the home most days and continue to sink into a pretty heavy deep depression over the loss of her child travis on the other hand would eventually remarry and move up to new england and by all accounts never speak to olivia again hmm. 
That really sucks how shit like that can go down. Like you both, you, you raised a child together and you both lose that child together and then you just. I mean, that's what happened sucks. with the April Loveless girl. Yeah. Her parents divorced her. I mean, even though that was her stepdad, technically, yeah. they still separated from it. Ugh, so sad. Um, the town of Salina was very aware of Aiden's death and the demise of the Mabel's relationship or marriage. Sorry. Um, most people believe that Olivia had moved out of state just as Travis had done. Because Olivia wouldn't be seen by anyone ever again after September 1991. Whoa. Most figured that she left Salina because of the lingering emotions and memories the house might have held. You know, people have a certain connection with, you know, my mom. Like, for instance, she, it's hard for her to even, like, visit Dallas sometimes. Because it's just like, I lived there for 30 years and I raised a family and I had all these memories of my friends. So I get it. At the same time, it's a little, like, I don't know. Not move on. That's a horrible thing to say. No, no, just yeah. I don't know. It's only yeah. a, it's only been a year, so it's fine. Um, or they thought maybe she was wanting a fresh start elsewhere to try and move forward, so she got out of town. Whatever. The uh, phone at the home went unanswered, as did knocks at the door. She would have her groceries delivered for a short time, but that even stopped after a while. And over the years, people began to forget about the tragedy on the Footlight Hills Ranch just a few years prior. Hmm. However, what was she doing for food? That's not important. (laughs) I mean, it's important to me, but, you know. (laughs) However, on February 27th, 1994, the day after my birthday, by the way, not 94. I'm much older than that. (laughs) The Salina Police Department would receive a series of emergency calls that afternoon. They eventually traced where the calls were coming from and found that they were originating from the supposedly, by all accounts, abandoned Mabel residence. Hmm. The calls would only last a few seconds, each in relative silence besides the kind of default static sound, and then the call would drop. Side note, when I researched this case, a very good point was made that I just kind of want to bring up. So we're all kind of wondering, how did she, you know, not eat? How did she pay her bills Mm -hmm. if she wasn't working or if Travis, you know, they weren't talking, he up and left? The answer will be explained shortly, but evidently, even though if you don't have power or whatever, like an actual contract with an electric company, mm-hmm. at least maybe back in the day from what I read, um, I was informed that some cities and telephone companies will allow for like a soft dial tone on all landlines in case of an emergency. Okay. That I, didn't, makes sense. I didn't know that was a thing. I yeah. think that's, you know, if you're a super rare breed and still have a landline, yeah. then I think that's pretty cool in yeah. case you're in a bind. <laughs> um, Anyways, the uh, mysterious phone calls prompted the Salina police to send a patrol car out to the property to do a welfare check and see if the calls were indeed a prank or someone in need of law enforcement. Uh, Mind you, this is only three-ish years after um, the death of Aiden, just to put that in perspective. It's not like 10 years later where the house is like totally... Oh, no one could live there. Like, she's, you know, it, it's not that far away from when it happened. It's pretty quiet. So people in town should still know about it. Yeah. Deputies, sheriffs, all that stuff. When the officer arrived, they claimed they could, couldn't see through any of the windows of the home due to them being whitewashed to prevent anyone from looking in. Um, I don't really know if I have a reference for that, but I totally know what that means. Ugh, I don't know. Just to... kind of like that cloudy. Yes. Okay. I'm everyone's seen it, but it's like sometimes people put it on there when they're like renovating a house or when it's foreclosed on or they don't want people trespassing or something like that. That's what I'm picturing. Foreclosures. Yeah. Are you okay? It's fine. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, and the front door looked like it evidently hadn't been opened or closed in years. What was she doing? She's a ghost. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the officer noted that the door uh, had swelled and bowed out so far that the door almost looked forcefully jammed closed to prevent entry or exit. <laughs> I added that one. Um, now, Cassie is very much aware of this, um, but I have a personal experience with swollen doors. Mm-hmm. My front door did the exact same thing this summer, mm-hmm. but we are in Houston where the humidity causes wood to do that. My house is totally renovated inside but the original doors windows floors frame it's all the same shit from 1941 i think so the wood is going to shift and shape with the changing of the seasons yeah but my point is i want to remind you that this was february and essentially dallas mm-hmm. aka no humidity it's pretty cold so this is done here so kind of on purpose sure <laughs> The home was in complete disrepair, and for fear that there could be people inside in need of help, the police officer called for assistance and broke open the front door. Officers would find the interior in total shambles. It looked as though it had been neglected for quite some time, and the furniture and surfaces had heavy layers of dust and spider webs, appearing as if no one had occupied the residence and most definitely had abandoned the property. Creepy. Mm-hmm. All right. The police searched the entire home and found that it had all essentially uh, been deserted and left untouched. That is until they reached Aiden's bedroom. Mm. (laughs) Upon entering his room, the police claimed the child's clothing and toys were stored away with extreme care. The room was pristine with no visible forms of the dust, dirt or cobwebs that had been found in excess throughout the rest of the home. Basically, the room had been completely preserved. In the center of Aiden's room, they would find none other than Olivia Mabel, deceased, clothed in her nightgown and slippers, sitting in a rocking chair, clutching a doll that had a keen resemblance to her son. I can't believe you haven't heard this story. I haven't. This is so creepy. I love it. That The house... It sounded familiar. Okay. The, the name There's of, a lot of their property houses. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, the officers believed on first glance that uh, she appeared to have been dead for a couple of months. What? Then who made the... <laughs> oh my God, I love this. As I say, we get to it. Uh, placed in front of the rocking chair was, and I have pictures, a heavily adorned makeshift altar <sighs> on top of which held photos of Aiden as well as some of his clothing and toys, including a baseball glove and a teddy bear. Crime scene photos will show the altar also held fresh flowers, numerous candles, and uh, even handwritten letters from Olivia and drawings of little Aiden. Yes. Question. Fresh flowers, but she had been dead for a couple months? Right. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) The police were now very concerned because not only did they find the dead body of a woman who they thought had supposedly skipped town Mm -hmm. years prior... But they also couldn't help but wonder, like you said, who had made those three 911 calls. Oh, my God. This is so good. Um, (laughs) I'm ruining it with my commentary. No, not at all. Breaking the third wall. You're good. Um, Fourth wall? Sure. I don't even know what that means, but okay. Fourth wall. Third kind? Mm, That was a scary movie. I was trying to, like, think of another. (laughs) We're fine. Just keep going. Francesca Santiago was one of the first officers to arrive as backup at the ranch before canvassing the home. She is quoted saying, 
There was no sign of forced entry. There was no sign of anyone else visiting or entering the property. All of the doors were locked from the inside. And even the phone showed a small layer of dust, revealing no indication that it had been used. Now, things would get even more odd. Right. How? I don't know. (laughs) While one of the police officers was sifting through the contents placed on the altar, he noticed a specific letter that Olivia had written to Aiden. The exact wording is as follows. Mm. My Aiden, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have never let it get like this. I'm leaving. I will not let you keep me, you vile, evil creature. Mommy's coming for you, Aiden. My sweet Aiden. Mommy loves you. Now, it wasn't the content of the letter that disturbed the officer, but rather the date. It was dated February 27th, 1994. The same day the police received the phone calls, entered the home, and found Olivia dead. Why did she decompose so quickly then? <laughs> I like that that's your answer. <laughs> like you immediately go to like the least possible thing. Um, the crime scene took another turn for the eerie when it was realized that Olivia had clearly been practicing voodoo, witchcraft, and or darker occult magic. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the last podcast. Uh, okay, got it. Uh, large, she- uh, sorry, large yellow sheets of paper with letters and phrases in Sanskrit were found in Aiden's room and around the altar. And when the characters were analyzed and translated, they formed the word construct or to build. Okay. From this, the other evidence in the room and Olivia's reclusive and kind of unusual behavior leading up to her body being found. It is popular belief that she was trying to create a tulpa or a thought form. Mm-hmm. Now, to I didn't fully understand what tulpa was, so I'm going to give you like a kind of quick, brief background on the positives and negatives. Okay, are you familiar? I I know it briefly from movies. There you go. Basically, yeah. yeah. So to simplify what a tulpa is, I literally went online, and this is from tulpa.info. So <laughs> perfect. First off, as a basic description, it is a Tibetan manifestation process closely linked to a paranormal world. So from the website, a tulpa is an entity created in the mind, acti- acting independently of and parallel to your own consciousness. consciousness sorry, They're able to think and have their own free will, emotions, and memories. In short, a tulpa is like a sentient person living in your head, separate from you. It is currently unproven whether or not tulpas are truly sentient, but in this community, we treat them as such. It takes time for a tulpa to develop a convincing and complex personality. As they grow older, your attention and their life experiences will shape them into a person with their own hopes, dreams, and beliefs. Like any other person, a tulpa is never, in air quotes, done. And you shouldn't be going for a finished tulpa when you make one. You should be focused on nurturing and teaching your tulpa and allowing them to grow as a person with you while at the same time you learn about yourself and grow as a person in turn. It takes time and effort to make a tulpa into a self-sufficient and balanced individual, and their independence and personality will grow and flourish over time like any regular human beings. Creating a tulpa means committing to raising and living with another person, and this is a lifelong commitment, not one that ends your tulpa, ends when your tulpa starts speaking. So that is the PG version of what a tulpa is and is used for and what happens when one is created, okay? okay. the This is a little bit of the... More darker side, I guess. Not really, but kind of. The steps needed to create a tulpa include making an object out of natural material. And then during the lunar cycle of the waxing moon, you do certain breathing exercises, send out your energy through your heart chakra into this object that will embody your creation. 
you're essentially using your human energy to bring life and emotion into this object of choice. Okay, so it's into an object, not right. just some floating kind of gaseous Correct. imaginary friend. That's okay. Hence why she had the doll in her arms. Got so it. Kind oh. of go back to that in a second. So that's how like Annabelle, that's where I know it from. <laughs> oh, Annabelle's okay. a tulpa. Cool. Yeah. Um, it is important to use your heart chakra to ensure white magic is performed rather than your base chakra to avoid black magic. Oh. Evidently shit goes down if you use the wrong kind. Well. Right. Uh, when the moon passes into the next phase, your tulpa's creation will be fulfilled. You must name it and you must give it a certain command. In this case, it is believed that Olivia was so grief stricken, emotional and desperate to have Aiden back in her life. She turned to creating this tulpa as replacement and its command was essentially to be Aiden or be her child. The catch with these tulpas is that you're not supposed to keep them around for long. Otherwise, the energy can completely take over. Mm. You must dissipate the tulpa. Otherwise, like I said, it will seek out its own energy force from specifically you, its creator, and eventually manifest itself into the physical realm and not just into the object you've temporarily kind of locked it in. Cool. So she unleashed a demon ghost <laughs> into the world. We'll see. Basically. Um, awesome. So depending on what you read, who you talk to, etc., the irresponsible use of slash creation of a tulpa can allegedly have some pretty serious repercussions on your life mm-hmm. and sanity, if not created and dissipated properly. A quote from Officer Santiago again. I spent a lot of time in El Paso and I had an uncle that was into some really dark occult stuff. I recognized it immediately. When I walked in that room and saw the symbols and the photos on the altar, I felt a very strong, angry presence looming looming over me. It was honestly the last thing I expected to see in this town. Now, with all that said, uh, Salina PD would eventually close the case even though it was labeled unsolved. Hmm. Over 10 years after Olivia was found in her home, the owner of the property, Chris Hagen, who hadn't been able to sell the land in that time, finally hired a paranormal investigator based out of Austin to come and view the home and essentially kind of diagnose what was occurring at the ranch. Um, a quote from paranormal investigator Drew Navarro. I'm not even sure this was even ever on our physical plane. In the hundreds of locations I've studied, I've never felt such an imposing force. I couldn't breathe. My heart was constantly racing. Its energy kept changing, but none of it felt inviting. Whatever is in there, it's extremely possessive and behaves so erratically like a jealous child throwing a tantrum. As far as I'm concerned, that house and that entire property should be avoided. It needs, some, it needs a serious intervention because I'm not sure what we're dealing with. Shit. A magazine published an article in 1999 quoting Sergeant Terry Goldsher. Where are the girls? of Salina of the Salina Police Department who worked Olivia's case quote nobody had seen her in years almost three I think she clearly passed her time in some pretty unhealthy ways the negligent damage to the house the obsession with her deceased son and clearly pagan symbols and altar were all signs of something seriously wrong with her mental health Mm -hmm. which is understandable after the death of a child like that but she just balled up ran her husband out never went back to church you'll like this see if she had reached out her brothers and sisters in Christ would have supported her. Oh, yeah? Why, why didn't you go knock on her door every day when she became a recluse? But she left the flock and became the devil's... Pl- Sorry. She left the... <laughs> There's too many Ps. But she left the flock and became the devil's prey, plain and simple. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
A major focus of the paranormal investigators was the reference in her letter stating, quote, I won't let you keep me, you vile, evil creature. Mm-hmm. This could corroborate the thought that she created this tulpa, and instead of basically killing it off every few days as she was, you know, instructed to, she, and reconstructing another, uh, she let the tulpa kind of take all of her energy, mm-hmm. and it most likely was the source of her death. That being said, some also believe that she used the wrong chakra and it became malevolent. And yeah. uh, some think that she was already so distraught and weak from the death of her child that it just killed her upon conception. I personally think that another good option is that she was just so thrilled to kind of have a air quotes piece of her son back that killing him off every few days if, like you're supposed to was too difficult for her. And yeah. So she kind of let him slash it stick around. Yep. And it basically ate her soul. That's what I think. But. Um, but who wrote the note and who got the flowers? We'll go there. Okay. Uh, the flowers, it's fine. <laughs> the uh, biggest question was, well, Tulpa, what now? Like, what does it do from here if Olivia's dead? Mm-hmm. If its life force and energy is all gone, what's it supposed to do? So some suggest that it can transfer to alternate planes of life and it can start feeding off of other people's energy without its creator around. And eventually, it doesn't need to feed at all after it becomes strong enough. Mm. For fun, I theorize that maybe its strength was so great that it was able to access the power lines. And maybe that's how the police were called to the home. Ooh. Because maybe it was all a ruse to be closer to other human life for feeding. Ooh, that's a good one. That's just me. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is all myth and paranormal. Mm -hmm. And with all that said, this story... Olivia's death, Aiden's death, they're not very well known in Salina. Okay. There are very few websites with information on their case and the spiritual paranormal aspects of everything. There are definitely some crime scene photos, death certificates, etc. However, you cannot find news articles on this case. You literally can find a few independent websites, like I said before, and that's because it's fake. <laughs> damn it not that y'all hadn't started to lean in that direction really i hadn't i hadn't when i first heard about this story i was like oh fuck yeah i am all on board and i was like what the actual fuck i I was was about to start chanting cover up i know so (laughs) let me give you the backstory happy halloween fuckers (laughs) (laughs) so back in 2015 or so a kickstarter was created by a group of indie filmmakers the filmmakers knew of this folklore, creepypasta, whatever story, and wanted to turn it into a movie called Thought Form. It was completely unsuccessful and didn't even reach a third of their goal. <laughs> Unfortunately, they presented everything as real and not just a fun, scary story, and people really started to believe it. Uh, hence, like, the website looks legitimate, all the, the crime scene photos, the death certificates, all that stuff, it looks real. Oh. Like, it maybe looks a little much, but it was also like, this happened in 19-whatever, 1990-whatever. Yeah. So it's like, okay, whatever. It looks like that because it's old. But uh, in the end, these people kind of got pretty famous, honestly, regardless if their movie wasn't made. Um, but a lot of people relate the story of Olivia Mabel to the Amityville Horror. Yeah. And even the Blair Witch Project. Okay. Only those stories turned movies were actually relatively successful. Yeah. Successful. <laughs> Because they're all, you know, not real, but they kind of are folklore, but they're kind of like based on a true story There's and then they're shifted. real so, shit, right. yeah. So this, there was never a Mabel family? No. Wow. I have theories and questions, or questions and theories, actually, what surprisingly. The fuck? <laughs> so I feel like this story definitely has a believability factor. Obviously, you were screwed over, so was I. I feel so dude. I hope everyone else was, too, so you know our feelings. 
I'm honestly surprised it wasn't turned into a film because I feel like movies with plots much worse than that have been made. Yeah. But I think it's pretty funny because there are a lot of people out there that feel super like heavily like on blog forums, like majorly catfished or deceived. Like they're pissed. Yeah. And I don't really get it. But I like I said, I was definitely bummed out when I heard it wasn't real, but I'm not going to make a big fucking deal about it. So. Oh, yeah. that's so man. That's a good that that was. Good? It's pretty good. Right, yeah, you. they're seem believable, right? But I'll get into it. reasons why you shouldn't think it's believable. These are the red flags you guys should have seen, all right? I can probably call out three. Okay. So, yeah. Questions and theories. So, I have questions and theories, even though it's fake, because I just wanted to kind of mm, keep on theme. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and just like be like, hey, filmmakers, what are you doing? They didn't do a great job at making this case seem real in several ways. And I feel like if they had done that, then maybe they would have received more backing for the film. I don't know. Mm-hmm. First of all, they chose the wrong town. I think it's funny, you know, it's nice to have like a, you know, creepy, small Texas town, but also like that's been done before. Right. And regardless, I looked up the town population of Salina in the 1980s and it was 1,520. So my point is picking that city to have a family relocate to isn't realistic. No. So like what job did Travis have? Like, did he just commute to Dallas every day? Mm -hmm. I read, (laughs) it was on Wikipedia, but whatever. The town literally got their first grocery store in 2005. Oh, wow. So you know what I mean? Like nailing down those details would probably help form the story a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Secondly, if I could overlook the issue of the poorly chosen town, then I was immediately shifted or my concern was shifted to uh, wondering why a seven-year-old was outside playing when he should have been in school because March 13th, Mm -hmm. 1990 was a Tuesday. Uh, Yeah. But. Then I read that that week in real life in 1990 was the central U.S. tornado outbreak stretching all the way from the Great Plains to Texas. So perhaps he was home because of tornado Tornado watch. But why the fuck would he be outside? He wouldn't be. Right. And also the thing with the the swollen door, but, you know, February. Right. And that's a thing. I think their whole thing was like, oh, the tulpa did it. And it was like this Mm. demonic vibe. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the background of the family also also mentions them wanting to continue to grow their family, but Aiden was already seven. No yeah, more children were no children. in sight. So it's a fairly large gap for a couple who wants to keep popping out babies is mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Maybe I think this might be an interesting take is that maybe not having other kids was supposed to place emphasis on Olivia's obsession with Aiden as foreshadowing. Yeah. And she didn't want any other children in the way or whatever. I don't know. It's all fake. It doesn't matter. Um, so speaking of Aiden, I thought this was weird too. I can bet on my life because. I look it up later, <laughs> that no one named their child Aiden in 1983. Yeah, that's a very uh, 2000s Modern. blog mom yes. name. To be sure, I looked up baby names on the Social Security Administration website, and Aiden isn't even listed in the top 200 baby boy names in the 1980s. Okay. However, in, two, in the 2000s decade, it was ranked number 54, and then in the 2010s, it was ranked number 12. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like it's ripping off the little boy character named Aiden in the ring, but... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come up with something better. They also never really explained how she was able to live on her own without mm-hmm. a job. She had supposedly, obviously it's fake, but it's fine, worked prior to Aiden's death. So her income was obviously necessary in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, how did that work out? Um, another hokey one was that he died on the 13th on 13 acres. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's just me. Um, so final thoughts are that perhaps if the movie had been made, they could have tied up all these loose ends in the plot and maybe they just didn't have the money to make a proper website or mm-hmm. trailer or fake ass articles that went back to the 1990s to kind of corroborate all of this. But regardless, I think that they kind of focused too hard on the Tulpa stuff and, and specific details and let some of the large scale details fall to the side. Yeah. 
Um, I get that the tulpa was supposed to be the main focus, but I think maybe if they had put emphasis on other stuff, it might have worked out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's still a good story regardless. We need to know what was going on in that house and how mm-hmm. she was able to live because that would be, if I was sitting there watching that movie, I'd be like, wait, what? How does, like, even in action movies mm-hmm. where half the city gets destroyed, I'm just like, how are they going to clean this right. up? Like, it's total, this, and like, some of gaping. Stuff you can't, like, yeah. I don't know. I get that they breezed over some stuff. They still, supposedly, I didn't watch the trailer. But there's supposedly a trailer for the movie. So it's like, well, they That's had enough great. money to make something small. Yeah. So it was like, why didn't they just, I don't know. Develop it better. Yeah. Or like if they, mm-hmm. did they hear about this folklore creepypasta, like I said, or did they come up with it? Right. Because it's it, kind of both. Right. If it was a creepypasta, then as filmmakers, it would be your job to like turn it into something. More specific and uh-huh. better. And if like, it, don't just take a half-assed concept. Right. Because like, I think that's what happened with the Slender Man movie. I'm pretty sure everyone said it was terrible. I still terrible. want to watch it, though. I mean, I still feel like I'll probably good. watch it, but. Documentary is probably way better, but. Mm, yeah. I just think this story was great. I love that it was from a town that I, it was two towns away from basically the town that I grew up in. Yep. And <laughs> I was like, I, it was the Generation Y. I'll give them the big shout out because I remember listening to this, laying in bed and being like, what the fuck? I was so let down. Not like angry, but I was like, what? What? No. Why? That wrote fucking notes. Like, so <laughs> stupid. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story of uh, Olivia Mabel. The not story. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. That was awesome. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> our next thing in our yes. special Halloween episode, we are really going off the rails yeah. for this one, y'all, which makes me so happy. It gives everyone a little mm-hmm. bit of a palate cleanser. <laughs> um, don't worry. We'll get back to really, really, really awful shit next yeah. week. So your prob- yours is probably pretty bad. It's pretty bad in like different ways. It's real. It's but not it, fake. It's, we can exactly. tell you now. <laughs> yes, this is all real. Um, we're going to talk today about the Church of Wells. Yay. If you're not familiar with that, let's go into it. So the Church of Wells is a, quote, revivalist Christian group that mm-hmm. many consider to be a cult. Spoiler alert. Totally agree. Totally it's a, a fucking it's cult. Totally yeah, it's a cult. cult. <laughs> um, so it was founded in 2011-ish by young former street pe- preachers, Sean Morris, Jacob Gardner, and Ryan Ringnald. Forensic Files. Yes. <laughs> Sean so, who and Ryan? Sean Morris, Jacob Gardner, Jacob. and Ryan Ringnald. Okay. Um, so two of the founders... Um, I believe it was Sean and Jacob met at Baylor University Mm. where, um, yeah, it was Sean was studying religion, but he spent most of his time. He was not a good student. He spent most of his time street preaching. Um, And Baylor's like a it's a private, you know, religious ish school. mm -hmm. But I mean, it's not easy to get into. Right. And he was prestigious, actually pretty extreme even for the other religious study students there. Huh. So he uh, basically his street preaching was very fire and brimstone like um, telling people that they would go to hell, blah, blah, blah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, he very much started pivoting towards a more fundamentalist Christian outlook. And if you're not aware of what fundament- fundamentalist means, basically means you take the religious text verbatim very literally yeah so that's how you um that's how you process it and kind of walk through life Mm -hmm. um and one student that was interviewed for a texas monthly article that i read about him um it was about his early life and stuff this is sean this is sean um said that 
she was sitting three seats away from him and she'll never forget the day that he spoke up in class, which he always did. And a kind of hush would fall over the the class, just like, dude, shut up. Mm -hmm. Like very much, I'm right, you're wrong, my professors are wrong, the preachers are wrong, everyone's wrong. Uh, Wow, everyone's sitting there like, I'm embarrassed for you. Exactly. In this one particular instant, he said that men were meant to be dominant and women were meant to be submissive and defended the patriarchy. So that's what the Bible says. Taking the Bible very literally. Yes. Um, So she remembers that. And this person they were interviewing is now a preacher in Austin. So she stayed with religion, but she was like, yeah, this guy was a fucking lot. Um, And his girlfriend during college actually started exhibiting. She's a lesbian now. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. She uh, started exhibiting reclusive yeah. behavior and really really latching on to him really controlling uh-huh. yeah. yeah and really really into the religious text and i forget how they broke up because that wasn't what i was going to focus on but from the beginning this guy had very culty like tendencies mm-hmm. so today uh the church of wells has a little less than 200 members they're mostly young adults and children. Um, it began in Arlington. That's where they kind of started it. So it used to huh. be called the Church of Arlington, but they moved it to Wells. Yeah. They I mean, moved- I grew up in Dallas. Like, right? my brother lives 20 minutes from Arlington. These people, you probably saw them street preaching at one point, no, you know? I didn't, but I maybe. mean, maybe that's this is what they do. Um, but they did move to Wells because it was a lot cheaper. The cost of living yeah. was lower. So they practice out of a compound in Wells, um, which is a really small East Texas town. I'm going to call it a town. Um, and their statement of faith, because they have a website, which is there. Oh, there's just so much. It's all. But the Internet's not in the Bible, y'all. How can it be true? Right. The mm, They're just it's a lot. But I did get a good gist of it. So. Their statement of faith says, among other things, that the King James Version of the Bible is the, quote, preserved word of God. Um, The scriptures are the end-all, be-all, and taken very literally, like we said. And this is very important. They believe man to be inherently depraved and practice deep loathing of their own sins. So a big tenet for them is deep self-loathing, and you're just constant, you're, you're never good enough for god is mm-hmm. kind of what i got from it um but i mean we grew up religious we know that that's a common theme yes of, you know you need to repent and you mm-hmm. need to realize that you are naturally full of sin and yep. i don't want to say yada yada but like that's a common theme like yeah. you're you need to earn your keep or earn mm-hmm. your place in the world and they take it like 10 steps further like no cutting your hair kind of shit or like yes. no wearing pants or that kind of stuff stuff like, like that yeah. yeah but probably way worse yeah So uh, they also believe that Christian America is a darkened generation um, and they place a huge emphasis on new birth. So when you join their church, you begin your process of new birth. They deny as part of the new birth many forms of entertainment and normal leisure in favor of sometimes days of hour-long prayer sessions and fasting. Definitely a cult. A member must also demonstrate the correct, quote, fruits of salvation to the elders for approval. And Keep in mind, the elders are in their early, early 30s, late 20s. They are young people. Um, Dude, this was not that long ago. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. And it's still still kicking. So I think they started in their late 20s, and now they're just now in their early 30s. (laughs) I probably, I knew, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Mm -mm. I knew three people that went to Baylor after college, or after high school, and they probably 
more or less probably went to school with them. Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. sure they did. Yeah, because two of them went to Baylor, and one of them kind of hung around religious groups Woof. outside the Baylor, like, you know, yeah. circles. Yeah. Um, so they have to, I said that, yeah, demonstrate the correct fruits, the fruits of salvation yeah. to the elders for approval um, to know that they've truly been saved. What are the so. fruits? That I could have probably read and found out, but they were, the typing on the website was typed in ye old Bible speak, mm-hmm. so it's very hard to so interpret, yeah. Basically, they, you just strip yourself, we'll go into little facets of it a little more, but you strip yourself of your secular, mm-hmm. worldly thoughts, and, and you do everything for God, mm-hmm. but... To the way Sean wants it. Yeah. You know, a lot of the self-loathing um, and then everything's taken to the Bible. It's, it's almost like you have to check off, tick off some boxes and like get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And then you can finally be saved. So what they do, I guess I can start going into it now. Yeah. What they, they use intimidation, coercion, fear of burning Classic. in hell to keep you going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until you're so deeply entrenched into it, you can never leave. So... Members must also reject all non-members, meaning their family, their friends, pastors. These are the unsaved. Um, And (laughs) they use this scripture to justify this. Quote, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, 26, which like in and of itself, what the fuck? <laughs> but they were able to pluck that out and say, see, yeah, God they, said they you can't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is how they justify cutting members off from their family and cutting themselves off from their own family. Um, they have very strict rules on behavior and dress. So you'll see them walking around town dressed in like Amish type clothing for the like women. The, the like. French braid down to your ankles. Uh-huh. Kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. And like skirt Skirts, down to your yeah. feet and no skin showing, basically. I mean, I'm into that. Yeah. And this, well, yeah. <laughs> but not in none of this right, You'll right, see right. some yeah, pictures. Yeah. I don't want to have 20 kids. While no, I look like that. no. <laughs> um, it's this facet that leads to many calling this one, uh, that leads many to call this a cult. There. That's mm-hmm. how I wrote it. So. We're going to talk about some notable events. The first one is why I kind of decided to cover this, but we're going to hear from the townsfolk of Wells, Texas first. They're here. They're here. Welcome in, uh, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So in Wells, residents say that they, quote, try to force their beliefs on the weak, and they kind of talk down to you. That was Christy Tobir. Tobir. I don't know. Of course they do it to the week because they don't have shit to say back. Of course they're going to exactly. leave an impression. And that's how you suck those small ass town people mm-hmm. into your shit because they have nothing else. They're like, oh, that's wow, you're preaching the Lord leaders... and that's all I've heard. It's so smart. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how they do it. They, they get pathetic. the week and they get the people that that's not even are searching for meaning. Right. And mm-hmm. they can they, they can sense that. They can sense that weakness that's and a cop out. you out. Yep. Um. Samantha Shelton says they run around town telling everybody they're going to hell. So the town's members do not like them and they're not really welcome here because, like we said, they're not a peaceful presence of Mm -hmm. religion. So in May of 2012, a baby named Faith died at three days old in the hands of the church members. The baby had not been born at a hospital, so there was no record of her birth. 
Um, and oh, rather dang. than mm-hmm, rather than taking to her to a doctor when she fell ill, the members brought her from home to home of the church members to pray over her. The Lord will take care of it, y'all. And of course, she died. <laughs> Fifteen hours passed between her death and when a call to nine one one was made. Oh, During God, that right. time, members were praying for resurrection. Have we so. talked about this before that like God made, if you believe it, God made doctors to cure your shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Don't go to your yes. neighbor to pray. Like go yes. to the hospital. Fucking A. But that's the secular world and those are the unsaved. Right. Yeah. I forgot. So, <laughs> so sorry. They garnered lots of scrutiny from that. But from what I can find, no criminal charges were pressed. Of course not. Um, the baby did die of um, natural causes. But it was seen by, um, I guess, the medical examiner that the baby near the end did suffer from some distress oh, as sure. well. So, I mean, of course, like, mom, eight, take me to a fucking doctor. I'm distressed. people putting their hands on you. You're like, get the fuck yes. off me. Yeah. Honestly, let's just say it. Luckily, that kid didn't have to deal with it. You right? I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Faith. <laughs> um, another very notable case, uh, I guess, yeah, case it's that just- – gathered national attention is that of Catherine Grove. Um, some of you might have seen like heard of that. her family on Dr. Phil um, in kind of recent years, too. So July of 2013, 26-year-old, lively, vibrant, intelligent nurse, uh, nursing student, I'm sorry, Catherine, abandoned her car and belongings and disappeared from her home in Arkansas. Um, remember, we're in East Texas with Wells, so Arkansas is not that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> Two weeks later, she resurfaced under heavy guard by Church of Wells members. Mm. Um, her parents were somehow able to track her down. And when they sought her out to contact her, um, she said she was, quote, seeking the Lord and not being held against her will. Her family then bought an RV and drove themselves down to Wells to live near where her daughter Whoa. was to try to make contact with her because they were so scared and worried about her. It was that big of a deviation from her regular life from her life. regular life absolutely what yeah the fuck and they knew there was no way that she could have done this without brainwashing right really. but that takes time or like drugs or like complete drugs. entrapment and yeah oh, okay mm-hmm. cool so for two years Catherine was a member and had no contact with her parents who believe she is being drugged and brainwashed she got into an argument in 2015 um with some church leaders and called 911 to be taken away. She indicated to the police officers that picked her up that she wanted to go to Dairy Queen. While at Dairy Queen, she made a call to her father. (laughs) And her father um, came and picked her up and took her home. Wow. So they took her home to Arkansas, but two days later she traveled back to Wells and has been at the church ever since. Holy shit. She has one child. And was allegedly set pregnant with a second. And I could not find for the life of me when the article I was reading was written. Mm -hmm. But it was obviously, um, it was probably 2016, 2017. So she's been completely indoctrinated and is now having children with a member or with the leaders. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there like a multiple wife sort of Mormonistic polygamy factor? It's just like a bunch of really weirdos. Not that I could see but I haven't studied the Bible, yeah. you know. I mean, she only so, has one child, so it can't be that bad, right? Right. And if there is, if there are enough scriptures that suggest that that's okay for a dominant male to take multiple wives, but also sex think, out of wedlock isn't a thing in the Bible. True. So. But also, the Bible says to you know 
multiply until you can't anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, birth control is not a thing is what I'm saying. But it also has to be with your husband. Yeah. So, I don't know. But uh, there were also. Who knows? She could be married and she doesn't even know it. There are arranged marriages that happen within this. So, um, so it's not really known why she decided to go back, but her parents 100% believe that she is a prisoner to what they call a cult. There is another case of a man named Jordan. Um, he was a street pe- uh, young street preacher in Austin, Texas, who met members of the Church of Wells in 2016 actually on Halloween mm. in Austin, 2016. So he spoke with them briefly and then vanished. His family began searching for him, and police were able to track his cell phone records, and he pinged near Wells. Um, so his parents searched, you know, things happening in Wells, and the first things that started popping up was this cult, danger, beware. So Don't they, have a cult in a small town because you can just Google search that shit. Exactly. It'll Everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is what we're known <laughs> for. So <laughs> here's the reviews on the town. We yeah. have a cult that it has originated. By the way, don't turn down this yeah. road because you'll be confronted by cult members. <laughs> yeah. So his parents went to confront him and he emerged from the compound, which uh, I think I said earlier is just a two story home flanked by no, two leaders. OK, so the compound is a two story. It was home. a compound, but I didn't catch the. Yeah. It's a house with it's a house. 200 people in it. They, um, some people live there. Some have apartments oh. and stuff like that, which leads me apartments to. Apartments are in the Bible, y'all. How are they making money? How are they? That's questions and theories because it's stuff. Everyone that ha- yeah, yeah. I was going to say they have jobs. I don't know. Probably. Um, so his parents spent hours debating with the leaders and Jordan and finally got Jordan to agree to leave with them to, quote, get dinner. And, of course, they never let him return. Mm -hmm. So Jordan's cell phone was taken, and he was given new clothing upon arrival to Wells. Um, And his family went as far as to test his hair follicles to see if he had been drugged because it was such a out-of-the-norm thing for this. This wasn't something that Jake... Uh, Jordan would have done but he was still doing the street preaching he was stuff, still so street preaching susceptible yeah right he was perfect prey yeah so um Jordan upon meeting the members in Austin was offered a water bottle mm. he took this water bottle and woke up in wells he tested positive for over-the-counter sleeping pills and prescription muscle relaxers so Jordan had been drugged and taken to wells drugs aren't in the bible y'all Catherine's family and Jordan and his family were all on Dr. Phil. So that's where I've gotten all of that from. Okay. So they do believe that other members were acquired in a similar fashion. God, acquired. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, which leads me to, it, it, it makes me think, because like, I can see the leaders seeing people and thinking that they're saving their souls, but I can also see they're like, it's we a need weird more sex members. thing. We it's a weird money thing. Have, mm-hmm. We need to have members to prove, make it look like it's real or right. legitimate. And we got to, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, mm-hmm. we have to drug these people to convert them. That's not a thing. Right. Because they're not, they don't have to pay taxes because they're a church. Oh, so they're obviously, if they're collecting, you know, um, what's that called? They're collecting money. Tithe. Thank you. Tithe. If they're collecting tithes from their members, they they allow their members to have jobs outside of working the farms and cleaning and cooking for the mass people members that they they have because all that money, all that income goes straight to the church or whatever. Right. To buy the food and to buy the supplies. Mm -hmm. So, of course, they're going to let them keep jobs because 
that's it's just benefits them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm wondering who Catherine, I mean, Catherine could have been in an arranged marriage. She could have fallen in love there or she could have birthed the child of a leader and he might be. I wonder multiple children. how long she was on drugs for because it's like this girl just seemed like a random sort of catch yeah. of like, hey, this is, this is my new child bride, y'all. Mm-hmm. And she was hooked up to drugs for a week. Yeah. Like, and just was like, no, I'm good. I'll stay. Because you can, once you start to weaken the psyche, you mm-hmm. can brainwash people easily. And some people believe that brainwashing isn't even a thing, but. Watch I, the first season of The Sinner. That's all it's about. Yeah. If you dope somebody up enough, like. Yeah, you can brainwash them. You yeah. can get them to do whatever you want. I think there are certain. I don't know. We'll talk yeah, about we brainwashing I'm in sorry, another I'm episode. I'm getting no. distracted because it's like holy shit. This no, because be this is so crazy. Because yeah. this is very. It's close like, to us. Fucking two years ago. Yeah, and it's very recent. So, um, in 2014, church members harassed and heckled parents and young children at the Wells' 50th annual annual homecoming parade. Um, basically, did a Westboro Baptist Church style assault. Screaming that they were all going to burn in hell, um, scaring the shit out of all the children, and like a high school homecoming thing. It's just the the town's big. It's it's basically the high school homecoming, but this is the town's big thing to do. So they have a homecoming parade, and it's the fiftieth. So oh, it's huge. look out! What there was like a carnival or something, Maybe. or like a prom queen. Like what? I uh, small town man. They have nothing else to go protest. So that's yeah. what they were like. This is the big event. Yeah. We got to show up. Probably. Wow, that's embarrassing. Yeah. And lame two Wells fuckers. residents, so fed up with them, um, actually got into a physical altercation with several church members. Church members did not press charges and did not fight back. Of course not. Enough. Yeah. Of course. What are they, they, we can, they can't come to our compound and like, <laughs> find out what we're really doing. So residents were pushed to the edge and actually petitioned the Obama administration to launch an investigation on the practices of the church. Wow. So who knows what happened there. Um, June 28, 2015, six members were arrested for heckling Joel Osteen during a service at Houston's <laughs> Lakewood Church, um, and they were all arrested on criminal trespassing charges. All but two of them got off kind of scot-free for that. Um, but basically, when asked why they were doing that, they took that moment to preach their teachings and say that he is a, um, he preaches false gospel and i can see why they targeted him because he is a huge televangelist and his denomination his church is giant money money right so i'm not necessarily disagreeing but their reasons are also off yeah um in another instance matthew derorville and james mcpherson the third both received 90 days jail and a two thousand dollar fine but served only 45 days um, because they paid the fine within a certain period of time after harassing people at a cherokee county alto auto parts what were they saying uh just more of their fire and brimstone shit and they were asked repeatedly to leave and they refused to leave and so they got the cops called on them so they're very much exhibitionists in that Westboro Baptist Church manner where we're going to force our beliefs on you because you're wrong and we're right and you're all going to burn in hell. So, um, yeah, I wish I was that confident about something. And I know. Something that hard. I don't That's believe in anything that well. Like, yeah, I guess terrifying. kudos. Um, so there is this website, um, exposingthechurchofwells.com. So they claim that there are slow, calculated, and bullying tactic videos used to indoctrinate children. 
um, which aim down, aim to break down their self-worth and create a need to please God above everything. I don't doubt that. Mm-mm. Members of Ring, Ringnald's family actually are, uh, one of them or at least two of them have written on the mm-hmm. website apologizing for their relatives' actions and urging people to stay away from this church because it's dangerous and it's a cult. Um, I read, so this website has tons of great resources and there's um, a few pages of different like titles and you click on it and it's an audio. It's like a five minute audio thing. So it's escaped members giving their own accounts like on a phone call or something. Very much reminiscent of the escaping uh, Nexium podcast. So all the phone calls that you hear on that, like they're, you can hear the same the same type of kind of disbelief from these people like how am i telling the story mm-hmm. how did i ever get wrapped up in this that's my big question mm-hmm. forever but go ahead so um there are arranged marriages coercive persuasion um, child marriages yeah probably is what I'm, i want to emphasize as well they use terror and fear um they spank children no matter whose child it is um like they, the main guy like he's in, just any he's member in you can spank discipline? a child yeah, to further enforce um, right. their behavior. Okay. Um, they use intimidation and manipulation. And, quote, one of the escaped members said um, they are driven by fear, fear of hell, and burning forever. So they break you down until you're a shell of a human. And then what they fill you back up with is this incessant, insatiable need to please a vengeful god or you're going to burn in hell and your family is already burning in hell because they are part of the unsaved um so it's not a way to live i know yeah Yeah. so what they what i know about cults and if you follow (laughs) any if you are interested in cults at all you know this too Mm -hmm. there is a charismatic leader they he they surround themselves with kind of a flanking of sub leaders that aren't as powerful as them, but they do hold a lot of weight. And then they build levels down. Um, they have lots of meetings or mm-hmm. prayer groups, as what a former member said would happen. Um, and they have different job descriptions of like you, uh-huh. your job. It's a caste system. Almost, it is. You yes. Know? Yes. So you have the hierarchy to. Spank the kids, punish the discipline, mm-hmm. whomever, or be in charge of this out of the other. So yep. it's all about fucking control. Okay. Yes. Sorry. And then the 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 lower the lowest of the members, the women. Yeah, the women, especially in this, they're the ones that are sent out to kind of. Again, this totally makes right. uh, it's so appropriate. Preach the gospel. They and lure everybody. Lure people in. And then the process starts over again. They break you down. They use what we're hearing. They use video. They use text. They use sermons. Um, and a tactic that Jim Jones used to use, he would make his sermons so right. fucking painfully long, like it's 10 hours, hours long. Yeah. So People would fall asleep and yes. like you get punished for falling asleep. Children. Massive sleep pre- deprivation yes. starts to break down your psyche in the same way that drugs will, mm-hmm. especially if they're using sleeping medication and muscle relaxers so that puts you in sort of a day state so for the first two full days maybe i mean these two people that we talked about their parents were on top of it but how many members were preyed upon because they didn't have a good support right. system like that so starting immediately and then probably for a good at least week afterwards they're just microdosing you with these sleeping pills so you're constantly in a foggy state so that can just easily 
destroy everything yeah. you know. And once you're out of it, you're programmed to what exactly. they need. You're sedated mm-hmm. for enough time to where this is normal. This is what I remember for the last however many yep. hours. And is. then anything the leader tells you, you're going to do. So well, it's all if fear-based tell- too. So yes. you're like, well, fuck, I'm not going to you know, not do it. Yeah. And she, the, the person who's um, basically voicemail I listened to, the day that she left, her mom had been coming to visit. And they tried to indoctrinate her mom. And she somehow, she says she somehow convinced um, oh, the, the leaders. Oh, that was the no, guy. No, that was a that different was guy, one. Yeah. This girl, she somehow convinced the leaders that she wasn't going to go to the emergency prayer meeting that had been called. She was going to go with her mom and her son, Noah, to a park. Mm-hmm. And when, that doesn't happen. She said that. Members are in the Bible, y'all. Well, and members are not allowed to be alone with, with the unsaved. Other humans. The non, yeah. Right. So. That somehow happened, and she told her mom, she was like, we have to go. I have to leave now. I have to, it has to be done the next hour. And her mom was like, you'll be fine. Her mom didn't have any immediate danger for uh-huh. her. And she said, and she wasn't in immediate, like, physical danger, but she told her mom, if I don't leave today, I will never, never. get out of here. Yeah. And they took her son, and they left, and... That was the person who a lot of these like voicemail mm-hmm. calls were from. Um, so it's something that they they might not use physical violence. They might not threaten your life directly, but they sure do threaten your Mentally. afterlife. Yeah. So it's just one hundred percent like questions and theories. The first one is this a cult? Absolutely, one hundred. Because you know, like if we were to dig deeper into this and find out how they're making money, it's just you know, kind of collect your money in this bucket and then pass it up along, and it all is going to go to the main three leaders, and they trickle it down then to help out everybody else. But they're lining their pockets. That a lot of the big ones started was that Mm -hmm. join us, go sell your house, go sell your car, Mm -hmm. and then you donate that money and whatever, and that's how it works. I'll let you keep your job. Right. So you can keep bringing in that cash flow. But otherwise, we need all the donations you can give. Y'all. Yeah. And I saw no mention, but I'm sure. I'm get shot for saying all of that. No, no, no. We're fine. <laughs> there's probably, uh, to me, there's a good indication, um, especially with one of the members being a third. Uh, this person, da, 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 the third. What? Oh, oh. The, the, the Mr. Yeah, yeah. McPherson, the weird the third. name, James. Yeah. So... That always indicates wealth to me. What cult leaders like to do is they prey on the weak and the rich. So that way they have bank accounts that are just streaming in for the cause, for God, to keep things going. So it's a relatively new cult, too, because it hasn't even been happening for a decade as it is. But it's already made headlines and enough people know it's a cult. So hopefully nothing's been done. Besides the random arrests here and there and the Dr. Phil stuff. So what has to happen is federal crimes or local crimes. So local crimes have been committed and members have gone to jail. Yeah. But a federal crime hasn't been committed. So unless. attack the church itself. Exactly. And everyone who has been taken by the church says, I'm not being here held Held against my will. So it's that classic, you know, they. You don't want to think that these dipshits are super geniuses, but they got into Baylor, so they're obviously smart, smart enough. enough. Yeah, so. But even the people that are like, no, I'm here, I'm fine. It's that situation of like, I, I really want to tell maybe the police that I'm not fine or these, you know, welfare checks or these whomever that come by. 
But if no one else is going to say something, then if nothing's done about it, I'm going to be targeted. I'm mm-hmm. going to be killed. I might as well survive unhappily and brainwashed than be murdered. Yeah. Or you don't even realize that you're not fine. True. Yeah. Until your whole, you know, 10 years go down and you're like, wait a second. What have I done with my life? Like, but there are some people who, I mean, they buy, they buy the fucking does. The, the second someone tells you you have to cut off all contact with those that you love. You're in a cult. That's it. You're, that's a cult that is targeting you. Absolutely. I but th- it might be too late. I think the most astonishing part to me is that, one, yeah, it's so recent, but, like, it's in such a time crunch time span. Yes. It's not like, okay, these people have had 20 years to really mm-hmm. fall in love with the leader and, you know, make this big family and make this happy, hippy-dippy commune type shit. This is six years, mm-hmm. seven years, you know? It's not... This is, it's like fucking high school. Like, that's how much time you have to really get dedicated to this stuff a little bit further. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of crazy that people can be that radical and that in-depth and serious and dedicated to a few guys and a concept and a, a, you know, belief system Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time. Yeah, especially in the age of the internet and TV. Like, we all, I feel like we all pretty much know what a cult looks like. Yeah. And there have been cults recently, like, right. There have been cults recently that, like, you know, Nexium stuff, like, they don't realize that, that it's a different. cult. that was different. That was, like, all a business aspect. Right. And, like, it was totally pyramid kind of genius. And yeah. It was really genius. Yeah. yeah, the best, the cults that work are the ones that are really, like, businessy yeah. or the ones that are very fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously pulling on the correct heartstrings to really sink their teeth into people and get them indoctrinated. And they might believe that they're doing the best for the world, but... I mean, they're doing stuff that's pretty harmful yeah, to people. to themselves and to everyone else that believes in all that. And to the people that do stand up for, you know, decent things that stand with the concept of organized religion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all bad. And so, like, I keep emphasizing, like, it's just, it's not like that. It yeah. shouldn't be like that. And if you think this might not be a cult, um, I definitely suggest go to exposing the church of because it has a lot of yeah. really great resources and then go to the church of wells go to their absolute actual website i hate to send traffic to them but i kind of want to go and see if they can convert mm-hmm. me well they do have some testimonials they have like when you go there's a lot of tabs there's <gasps> a lot of shit like there's art there's videos there's pictures there's little, 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 little. how they afford that yeah right yeah because you have to pay the domain name yeah, so they're they're making money. They're definitely drugging people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a fucking cult. So that is wow. the Church of Wells. Yay. Woo! I really thought that that was going to be from a couple decades ago. I did not think right? it was that recent. So recent and still happening and kind of like very slowly but steadily growing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. just like the Aryan Brotherhood, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like since we are in the age of the internet if they are really relying on the whole we're gonna just drug you and kidnap you and then brainwash you a little bit tactic to get new members that would make the most sense to me yeah because how do you how do you not know a cult is approaching you in this day and age i don't know how do you i don't want a victim blame but how do you just fall how do you fall victim for that kind of thing without drugs without drugs that's what yeah exactly that's a weird the whole she was going what was she going to her car or something like that the right Catherine did she girl, like I just was she leaving a restaurant right. and ran into them like handing out pamphlets or something yeah. got sucked into conversation and, and then chucked her into a van right. i don't know that's what i'm picturing because 
I mean, to leave all of your things behind and your family, mm-hmm. like. You can be as religious as you want. Yes. But you, you, you also have common sense. You know, mm-hmm. hey, this is kind of sketch. I probably shouldn't go with these strangers that I don't fucking know. And like, it's, it's more than just, I love Jesus. It's, yes. it's past that point. Yeah. I don't need to get in a car with you. I don't fucking know you. Right. So be, don't go to Arkansas or Wells, Texas. Or Wells, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so Arkansas, bad for the right? residents of Wells too. Cause they're just yeah. like, God, again with this bullshit. Well, like, get out of here. They'll shut down the city and everyone will just be like, bye. And then they won't have any economy to do anything with and they'll just have to yeah. dissipate itself. Ugh. I kind of want them to stick around just so I can see what happens. I know. Oh, yeah. And I asked Brennan earlier, and I don't think he – no, he didn't answer me. He, he skimmed over it because I also asked him, like, five other questions after this. He has a friend that he went to high school with, a very good friend, who started dating this girl and then got really, like, scary, weirdly hyper-religious and then joined a cult. What? I think it might be this one. I think it might be this one because – it's they're still in Texas, this cult. So yeah. it's one of those like cut you off from everything, like drastic. So I feel like my boyfriend might know somebody who is a member of Church of Wells. And if it is this person, from all accounts, Brennan says that he is just he's found his people. He's happy as shit. And so it's like one of those things where it's like you don't want to shame people for what they're finding peace in. But sure. then again, they are shoving it down people's throats and there is evidence that they're drugging people. So and they're doing it in an illegal way. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're vandalizing places, they're mm-hmm. trespassing, they're assaulting, however, in whatever shape or form. So do what you want to do, but do it legally and be considerate at the same time. Yep. Don't, don't be a douchebag. Don't join a cult, guys. Yeah, definitely don't. I mean, who likes being around people that much? I hate group activity. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to French braid, so I wouldn't pass. No. You know? No. I don't look good in skirts either. Mm-mm. Uh, any final thoughts? That was crazy. I, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. That's no. astonishing. Yeah. I'm glad we, I'm glad we deviated from murder this week. Yeah. That was cool for our yeah, Halloween Yeah, we had shit. murderless. Uh, yeah. There was a death, but it wasn't, it wasn't a murder. Real. Well, oh. and yours. Okay, wait. What was the death in yours? The baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It was like a neglectful death and then a a stupid fake ghost death. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, good Halloween episode. We've been listening to different podcasts, Halloween episodes, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I think ours is just enough spooky. Yeah. But just enough true crime-ish. And just enough, like, just my opinion. Fun. I'm glad we didn't damper the spirits of Halloween because Mm -hmm. Halloween's just our favorite. And it's just a happy holiday. So, yeah. Oh, and before we go, if you're still listening, hopefully, I hate like the thought of people skipping through when we talked about Natalie's business. So I mean, you're I still can hear. cut some little parts of it. But. Okay, yeah, go to keepyourcoal.com. Um, use the discount code that yeah. you're gonna have to go back to the beginning to hear because I want you to hear all about her awesome website. But natural stones, go buy them. Sorry, we were gone for two weeks. Oh yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Life is just, you know, like I was telling Michael who, oh yeah, shout out oh, Michael. Yeah. We went and voted, like I said. Yeah, we actually but, did a voting meetup. Yeah. Except it was just Michael was just that Michael, came. But per usual, he's the best. you know what I mean? But we, uh, he, I was like, we were talking about the podcast a little bit and I was like, yeah, like I'm sure you've noticed that we haven't done an episode in like two weeks. Yeah. And so we're kind of the point where we're like, 
you know what? Our fan base is pretty chill and laid back. You guys listen when, when we put shit listen, out. Yeah. So we're going to put shit out when it doesn't stress us the fuck out. Right. So yeah. you're going to get one next week. Oh, I keep her she's wearing a hat with the bill in the front and yeah <laughs> um but yeah so i mean if it pisses you off start doing the things we ask send us case suggestions hey, send got, us money we got a nice email we did get a really nice fun. email that yeah. was really gratifying michael's cool. the best yeah i did were you standing there when i gave the misery reference yeah 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 i'll repeat it now he's the annie wilkes to our paul sheldon from misery but not in a creepier, creepy obsessive way. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Um, yeah, that. Oh, that's you. Never mind. That, that's not my line. Oh, we both do this? No, you say your part, right? Mm, I forgot. <laughs> I'll just do it. That'll wrap, <laughs> that'll wrap up uh, episode 39. Thank you so much for listening. Social so, media, so show notes, PayPal, all that crap. You know it. Uh, and Natalie's... Uh, store online store shop whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. will be posted in there as well and we'll be back next week with more text true crime yeah and if anyone's listening if anyone's listening hey happy well no, real time real ah! real how happy halloween this is like yes. not just a joke how happy halloween this is real happy halloween this is the best yeah happy halloween, halloween. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday that was not our best but it's okay <laughs>